Today in the Investing for Freedom podcast, I'm going to bring you an episode that's kind of in line with a series that we're doing um, over the next five or six weeks on the little short Monday versions, uh, you know, just around some of the deals that Karen and I have done and how we structured them and low money down, no money down deals. And if you listen to the full length episode from last Thursday, you heard Karen and I just talking about, you know, some of our philosophies, some, uh, some things that we've been through as a family and, and some of our business ventures, investments, et cetera. So this week, uh, it's kind of in that same thread. I'm bringing you an episode that was actually recorded on a friend of mine's podcast. Um, it's called Capital Hacking with Josh McAllen and Eric Cabral. Great, great podcast. If you have not listened to their podcast, go check out Capital Hacking. You'll love it. Um, they bring on syndicators and people who raise capital, and their whole purpose is just to demystify raising capital through bringing stories and um, just situations of real-world people just like you and I that have gone out there and done the thing. Well, anyway, I was on their podcast and um, thought it would be a great episode because I really just go into some of the, we, we talk about some of the deals I've done and um, you know some of our business ventures and that kind of stuff. But I really feel that um, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode because you really get to kind of pull the curtain back on how I think and, and what gets me excited and passionate. Um, so anyway, I hope that uh, you appreciate this episode. Uh, I won't talk about it anymore. We'll just get into it. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Welcome back to Capital Hacking. This is Josh McCowan and Eric Cabral. Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, Eric, are you drinking water while we're starting the show? My, yeah, my lemon water. Oh, my God. This guy from the beginning has been eating and drinking the whole time. But no, Eric, so much for eating and drinking. We have Mike Aiella on the phone, who's a good friend of ours, a GoBundance brother. Yeah. And he is going to teach our audience what you and I have been trying to teach our audience, which is that capital is obtainable. You can build it from your human capital into your financial capital. And we're going to demystify capital right here, right now. And Mike Ayala is going to show us that you can really build multiple streams of capital and income. And I can't wait till he gets on the show. So he's here looking at us, talking about him. Welcome to the show, Mike. You guys, it is such a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. I'm looking forward to it. It's great to have you. You man. guys, oh, Eric and I have been looking forward to it. We had a great time with you. And Aspen was it Aspen? Yeah. Eric? It feels like ages ago, but uh, when yeah. you and a lot of people ask, when we were in Aspen, did you and I drive there on a moped? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, no. So we're up there in Aspen, going to a GoBundance event, and Mike is telling us about one of his new passions. But I got to tell you a little bit before we get to his newest passion and what he's doing for the community. Mike is a co-founder and managing director of Four Peaks Capital. We're going to learn about that. We're going to learn about his business. We're going to learn about his history before that. But he also owns, co-owns Park Place. We're going to talk about the management company, and we're going to get into a, a nice new asset class we don't talk about much here, mobile home investing. And we're also going to learn about your giving back and your effort to, to share what you've brought to the, well, share what you've been given through Investing for Freedom podcast. Correct, Mike? Yes, sir. 
Yeah. Eric, I'll let you go. No, I'm, the, uh, I'm excited to get into all of that, you know, especially obviously too. podcasting, right? I mean, this is, uh, he's got, he's doing it right. You know, a lot of people sort of hesitate and they're like, oh, I don't know when right time. And, you know, we, we spoke to Mike, you know, back in Aspen and then boom, pull the trigger. You got the whole setup. It's, it's wonderful, man. I'm so proud and happy that, uh, and you even hit the top charts. Um, right. You were, you were like, dude, look what happened. I'm like, holy crap, man. I'm so happy. It's crazy. How you now tell me how you did that because <laughs> there's never an exact <laughs> formula, right? It's always, you know, hit or miss or this, try this, try that. People say different things. So it was really cool that you were able to accomplish that. We're big geeks here at Capital Hacking. And, um, you know, we often call back to, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, with that reference, we want to know what was that radioactive bug that bit Micah Yella made you into the superhuman entrepreneur <laughs> that evolved over time, right? I mean, but to many, very, very inspirational, including myself. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think any of us are born um, special. I think we all have to find our own path. But I, I will say, you know, from the time I was little, um, I, I had a pretty rough childhood and I didn't realize it. I think sometimes we, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't know what we don't know. Um, my, my dad was abusive and um, had a lot of issues with between him and my mom. And, but my mom is a gem, like just an absolute gem. And so they finally separated when I was like eight years old. And um, from that, from that time forward, my mom was just like constantly fighting. I mean, she was working two jobs. She was going to school. She was, you know, it's that typical story of the mom just, you know, grinding 24 seven for the kids. But I found myself a lot of times, um, and this is nothing against my mom. She was again, working two jobs and going to school. A lot of times we found ourselves alone fighting for ourselves. And, yeah. you know, that gets you thinking about ways to, not that she didn't provide for us, uh, but that gets us thinking about ways that we can make our own path. And, you know, you get a little bit scrappy and, it took me a while to really realize that. I mean, I think it's been in the last couple of years that I really kind of looked backwards to that and found out where this really came from. And I think it was that. So anyway, I don't think any of us are born special. But then I kind of remember like in junior high, I started making suckers and just selling suckers at school. I was always <laughs> a little bit entrepreneurial, right? I kind of have those types of stories. And then, you know, you kind of fast forward. I, um, I remember wanting a truck and my parents were like, we can't afford to help you get a truck. So I'm working at the age of like 12 years old um, cleaning a doctor's office. That's what I would do on the weekends. Ooh, like, good, doctor, yeah. yeah, crazy, right? Like what doctor's office lets a 12-year-old? Um, my <laughs> mom had a story to, there. Yeah, my mom having to work there, so she let me in. So anyway, uh, I, I've yeah. always been a hard worker and I've always appreciated uh, money in the, in the sense that, you know, it takes hard work. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. And so fast forwarding a little bit, um, I, I met my wife in high school. And then we ended up getting married early. She was 19 years old. I was 20 when we got married. Crazy. Cool. Uh, and then like we got married in May and the following May, our first son shows up. Wow. I'm working as a, so I'm a plumber by trade. A lot of people don't know that, but I went to work for a plumbing company. I went to it through a four-year apprenticeship program. So, you know, starting all this off, it was like, literally you're just grinding. You're just making stuff happen like everybody does. And one day I just woke up and I, so our family, we decided early my wife worked at a doctor's office then and, and she said her dream was always to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm. That, was like her, that was like her life goal. And you fast forward, I got a 19-year-old who will be 20 here in a couple of days, um, an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. And that's like her proudest accomplishment. She's yeah. been able to stay home. Um, we just have the best kids. We have the best family unit. But that, we, we did that with intention. Mm. My wife said from the beginning, she said, I don't want to work 24-7. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. So early on, we, we decided we weren't going to live off of her income. 
Well, fast forward, I'm working. Um, we had some two, two things that kind of led me down the entrepreneurship road. My oldest son, when he was born, he had some health problems. And so we were having to go to Salt Lake, which was three and a half hours away. I was having to take time off work. He had to have surgery, um, took a year like, like to really get through this. But when he was two months old, um, we, were, we were at the hospital for like a month and a half, basically. Mm. And I, that was my first time realizing like when you don't work, you don't eat. Uh, if you if if you've got only one stream of income, and people are realizing this right now, oh yeah, this is what I'm saying for a long time. Like if that one stream of income dries up, that's all you've got. And the one thing I would like to say real quick, it's never too late. No matter you know we're in winter now, but it's not too late. You can change your mindset, and that's why I appreciate what you guys are doing because it doesn't matter whether we're at the top or at the bottom. I love what David Osborne says: every day that you're in a boom, you're one day closer to a bust, and every day you're in a bust, you're one day closer to a boom. Yeah. Right? So. Now's the time to be doubling down and listening to the Capital Hacking uh, Show and figuring out what you need to do next. But back to the, the, the punchline here, if you will. So that was my first experience realizing that if, if I don't work, I don't eat. Fast forward, I'm still working for the same company. Now my wife's pregnant with my third child. I'm, I'm working out of town 90 hours a week, mm. literally living in a casino, running a casino remodel. Missed like a big portion of my daughter's pregnancy, my wife's pregnancy with my daughter. And I just woke up one day and I'm like, this is not what we signed up for. Like mm. working out of town 90 hours a week. I'd literally leave Sunday, drive home, wash my clothes, turn around and go back to work three o'clock the next morning and be gone for a week. I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. And so we took the leap. We started our first plumbing and heating company, which turned into a construction company. I'll give you the 30 second big picture from there. Um, realized even, you know, three years into that, we were spinning off a ton of capital, but I realized in my mind at that point in time, I was going to be 65 years old and I was still going to be working in this plumbing and heating and construction company. So I went to, I, I was doing consulting with a coaching company and they basically said, if your job or your business is not helping you achieve your personal goals, then you really just own a job. Mm, and that yeah. hit me like a ton of bricks because uh, even though I had left the nine to five, if you will, or in this case, the 3 a.m. to 5 p.m., I still looked forward to the age of 65 and realized if I didn't start creating some passive additional streams of income, I could find myself 65 years old in the same boat, even though I had made good money, was working hard, had my own business. And so that kind of led me down the road of real estate investing. Okay. So what age were you again when, when you did that? 24 when I started wow. the company. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So right. you start your company at 24, you own a job. It sounds like you build it pretty successfully. And when do you have the next epiphany about passive income? When, how old were you then? Same year? No, it was probably, you know, a year and a half, two years in. Uh -huh. So I was probably 26 years old. Um, I've always, I, I think one of my superpowers is knowing what I don't know. Um, I think if we're, <laughs> if we're honest with ourselves and, and we just set the ego down, um, I think that's been one of the keys to my success. From the, from the beginning, I've always asked for help. Like, I'm not scared to ask for help because I know in order to be successful, I've got to learn more. In order to earn more, you have to learn more, right? <laughs> And so I, this consulting company, we're like, how do we take... Our company was doing well. Every single year, we were doubled growth from, from 2004 to 2005, doubled. Jeez. 2005, 2006, doubled. All the way to 2009, we were on the Inc. fastest growing companies in America. Listed. As a plumbing construction company. Yeah. yeah. That's, wow. that's unbelievable, really. That's incredible. Congratulations. But we were moving so fast, you know, without getting outside help, um, I, I would have imploded. And so that's... That's kind of the key. So we hired this company called Business Development Resource, which I'm circling back now in another business venture. And 
actually involving them in something we're getting ready to launch. But they, that's when we went to this coaching thing, that's when they said, you know, uh, the whole entire first day of the annual business planning was about building, what do you, what do you want personally? Because if that business isn't helping you achieve your personal goals, you just own a job. Yeah. So the, obviously being in construction, especially since the age of 15, um, do you remember any instance or anyone instrumental to taking that leap, you know, because going from the mindset of, 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 you know, taking hammer to nail or, or, you know, doing something, getting your hands very dirty to an investor's mindset and cash flow. Like, do you remember the aha moment for you? Yeah, I remember three. Um, so really, I, I think step sometimes, sometimes we have to just go with gravity. My boss at the time was also, he was wanting to sell and he had sold his company once to a big conglomerate firm and then had to take it back. And so he actually came to a group of four of us when all this was happening. And he said, Hey, I want to sell you guys the company. It wasn't all the employees. There was a group of four of us. And so we started going through this process of like looking at buying this company and it was actually a killer deal. Um, I think back to, he just wanted out. Um, but going through that process, there was going to be four bosses. And I, I remember thinking to myself, man, anything with two heads is a monster. Anything with four heads is going to be really bad. And I'm, I'm a proponent of partners, by the way. I've partnered in almost everything I've done since then. But that kind of led us... Uh, we, we were, our hand was almost forced because it was like, okay, well, if we don't buy into this company, then we're going to be employees working for you know, the people that we've been working side by side with. And so then that's when I took the leap and I actually started that company with a partner. So I think sometimes when I say don't go against gravity, sometimes like the universe or God or whatever you want to call it is like um, taking you down a certain path. And, and I think we just have to learn to just not resist that. I didn't have an intention at that point in time. I've been asked a lot lately, like, did you want to start a plumbing business? Was that your dream? I'm like, who wants to start a plumbing company? Like, <laughs> nobody wants to start a plumbing company. And um, so just don't fight gravity is my point. But then fast forwarding a little bit, um, the, there's two things that really... Rich Dad, Poor Dad... Mm. Um, which you said it as, as I said before, knowing what you don't know, um, I found the little purple book and that just blew my mind. Um, and then I immediately dove into cash flow quadrant, which is probably one of my favorite three books. Um, but then the, the next thing for me was we had gone to Sacramento, California and we were coming back and I, ha I had a cousin who had invested in a duplex and he was living in one side. And I thought, man, this is really interesting. And I had a tax problem at that point in time because the business was spinning off a ton of cash. And my, my, my CPA at that point in time, he told me, you might want to look at investing in some real estate, buy a commercial building to, you know, to um, put your plumbing company in. These little seeds are just getting planted everywhere. And me, rich dad, poor dad, oh, my yeah. CPA is telling me this. Um, so on the way back from Sacramento, I stopped at Barnes & Noble. And on, you ever had a book just like jump off the table at you? Oh, yeah. God, like grab you. <laughs> it's, it's like on this sale table, right? And it, it's um, Dolph DeRoos. It's um, the Real Estate Investors College, it's called. You can still buy it in CD form for like 250 bucks on Amazon. Mm. It's, it's a 16 series CD uh, series. And so I put it in. We're in Reno, Nevada, where I lived was about five and a half hours. I'm driving and I just like, I literally wanted to drop my family off when I got to Elko, Nevada. And just keep driving. This, <laughs> so this was amazing. It oh, wait, blew wait, my mind. Was it on the car speakers the whole time? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the kids are all just you. Well, they're little, but your wife's listening. What was your wife saying the whole time? Was she like, put on some she's music? Sleeping. She's she's uh, she, like, as soon as you hit the gas, she's she's out. My wife, because <laughs> I've done that a few times. But sorry, go ahead, interrupt you. I interrupt. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that CD series was amazing. It got my head spinning, and then. Um, probably, I don't know the exact timeline, but three or four months later, I find myself in this, um, you know, three-day profit lunch. 
And this was the question they asked. If money and time wasn't an issue, what would your life look like? Where would you be? And there was all the normal stuff. I'd have a lake house. I'd have a mountain house, beach house, blah, blah, blah. But then my wife and I said we would buy two income producing properties a year for 10 years. That was like our big BHAG at that point in time when it came to real estate, right? I had listened to Dolph DeRoos. I'd been getting brainwashed by Robert Kiyosaki. And um, I, I know that like I want some passive income. And so that was like my big, hairy, audacious goal as um, Jim Collins would say. And, and, and so we set that goal of getting two income producing properties a year for 10 years. And it's crazy. And I talk about this a lot. It took me a long time to realize that this is actually scientific, the reticular activator. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was like, you know, when you actually just change your thinking and start, you know, where focus goes, energy flows, that kind of stuff. But by just changing my thought process and knowing that I wanted that passive income, two deals, like, again, don't fight gravity. You know, and so many times people are like, hey, how do I, how do I find a deal? And, and I even heard uh, Dolph DeRoos, this was his formula, analyze 100 deals to get 10 under contract, to really negotiate three and to get one across the finish line. I never really had to do that because I would just always... I mean, now, now we're doing it because we're buying in bulk and it's a whole different business model. But back then, deals were just coming to me. You set your intentions. And I know this sounds woo-woo, but you set your intentions and you just start putting out to the universe. Your reticular activator starts saying, oh, I want a yellow Ferrari. Well, <laughs> I don't want a yellow Ferrari. But, um, you know, it's, I want a yellow Ferrari. And pretty soon you see yellow Ferraris everywhere, right? And so two deals fell in my lap within the course of like four weeks. Seller carry, people need it out of it left and right. One of my mentors always says the, the three Ds, death, divorce, and don't want them. Yeah. And these were those situations. One of them was a divorce situation and one of them was a don't want them situation. And yeah. so I got seller carry financing on my two um, single family rentals. And then in year, like, well, I almost said year two, but it, I don't even think it was actually year two. So we hit our first year goal. And then all of a sudden, this 72 space mobile home park falls in my lap. Oh, like, that's how it all me. starts. This is how you. it started. And we can talk about this later. I'll, I'll stop after this. But this deal came out of nowhere. And I was scared to death because I, two income producing properties a year for 10 years was my goal. I wanted 20, exactly. I wanted 20 spaces. I wanted 20 doors, right? And pretty soon, before year two is even up, I've got 72 space mobile home park and, and two single families. And that just kind of opened my whole wow. eyes to a whole different So let's talk. Let's probe right at the end there. You talked about how you had a goal. Two income producing properties for multiple year, 10 years each year. So then all of a sudden a mobile home park shows up. It's outside the, it's an outlier. It doesn't make any sense to your goal. This is just a life question because since then you've built other businesses and been very successful. So how do you deal with goals? I'm going to back up. Let's go high level. You had a goal, an outlier shows up. Do you feel you, how do you evaluate when it's right to make a shift compared to when you're following the, the, the rabbit down a rabbit hole? So I talk about this a lot on, on anything I do really, but I've got a simple five-part formula that my wife and I have followed for years. It's what do you really want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do to get it? Measure results and adjust. And adjust. Okay, so yeah, adjust is part of the plan. Adjust is part of the plan. Um, you know, this is a great example. I just did a video of this the other day. I'm walking through my office. And literally seven weeks ago, you know, before we were really locked down and all that, um, I tell my team, I'm like, go work from home. Let's just get the virtual thing up and running because of COVID-19 and everything. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. They're like, this is not a big deal, like whatever. And so I send them home. And then my wife and I go on vacation the next week. And, and the, the, literally the week we get back, we're locked down. In our, so I'm walking through our office last week and I'm recording a video. And I'm like, this is why the adjust part is so important. 
Because sometimes forces outside come in and just you know, knock your feet right out from underneath of you. And if you're so focused on that 2020 goal that you can't adjust, you're going to find yourself in a really bad emotional state. So sometimes outside forces dictate we need to adjust. But some, the first question is, what do you really want? And then the second question is, why do you want it? And sometimes what you really want changes. And it's your goal. Like it's your life goal. You, if, you're not, if you're not flexible enough to say, you know what, what I thought I really wanted isn't what I want. I'm going to move on. I, I think you're going to find yourself frustrated a lot of times in life. You know, uh, you set a goal and, you know, there's this whole thing, never quit. I would, I would say that I don't, what you just answered was very wise and prudent and nobody's going to disagree with you, what you just said. But honestly, uh, I'm not sure how to answer it like a scientific way. Like, you know, it's time to shift uh, goals because going back to that situation of the trailer park or the mobile home park and you shifted and you're going to learn that you became a mogul in mobile home parks, you could have chosen the other way. You could have said, no, thank you. I'm going to stick with my original plan. And you may be on a different success trajectory right now. Honestly, in that situation, there probably was not the wrong answer. But did you ever feel, and you said it, that this is a danger. Did you feel like you betrayed your first goal? I know I've gone through this, Eric. Have you gone through this? You've set business goals and then they change and you wonder whether you should have stuck with the first and did you do the right thing? Yeah, sort of questioning your decision and as the path goes, it's like a point of no return. Yep. You don't want to have regrets. Is that what you're You don't want to have regrets. Clearly, this guy made a great choice. Not that he couldn't have done great on the other path, but we're about to get into it. That's what you said, though. You, You pointed it out. I mean, Mike succeeds, right? He... He perseveres. He always figures out the solution. Um, and, and in the short amount of time that I've known him, he's, 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 he's that type of guy, right? He's a DIY oh, yeah. guy and he figures it out. So no matter what path he took, whether he was going to stick with single families, you know, he, he would have crushed that as well. Um, but now, but you're so diverse. So what, so speaking of that pivoting and, and, and adjusting and tweaking your goals, um, you, 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 your portfolio is super diverse and, you know, mobile homes, single families, commercial buildings, land holdings. So how do you, how did it get to that point? Like, how did you start to just say, you know what, I, I embrace it all, bring it. Sometimes I think we think that, I, I think a lot of times even, you know, the more business minded we are and the more entrepreneurial we are and, and the more we hire consultants, the more we think that the outcomes determine the strategy. I kind of think that actions determine the strategy, which gets you to your outcome. Um, so I'm a take action guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when this mobile home park deal falls in my lap, I'm like, okay, I don't think I actually processed this this way then. <laughs> um, but I think this was the, I think this is kind of the answer to all that. So what was my real goal? My real goal was passive income. Mm-hmm. My lack of understanding because I was so young and inexperienced in real estate, I said, okay, the way for me to get to retirement with passive income through real estate is by buying two income producing properties a year for 10 years. But what the goal was, was actually passive income, right? That's what the real goal was. And so sometimes I think we just have to keep the goal in mind, but maybe change the strategy or the action um, in order to get there. Absolutely. So the, the mobile home park deal falls in my lap. And this goes back to what I said before, you know, knowing what you don't know. So I immediately, I was like, in fairness, I had done a lot of work in this mobile home park as a plumbing and heating. Okay. Company. So you actually knew it. I get it. So that's how you found the deal probably. Yeah. And the lady that owned it was a, um, she was a mortgage banker out of Las Vegas and she had invested in this park and she had a deal, some kind of investment in Vegas that was going South and she needed cash quick. So quick story on the mobile home park. Um, it was listed. She was, she was trying to sell it before she got in trouble. She had it listed at like 1.2 million. Just if somebody would pay her, then she would take it, right? When this all happened, she, she had a first position note on the mobile home park for 390,000 from a private investor out of 
uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I still do. I still do private uh, loans and stuff with him to this day. Oh wow! She wanted eighty thousand dollars cash down, and and basically the first that note was assumable. So she just needed eighty thousand dollars cash, and she was out. She was in trouble, and she needed the money like yesterday. So this is another example of um, don't want them, right? She she needed out of it for a specific reason. I'm scared, man. I'm like, but in my mind, this seventy-two space mobile home park just went from one point two million to. 390,000 plus 80, right? $470,000. So I go to my mentor. This is what I was talking about. Just, you know, not being scared. And I go to one of my mentors and I'm like, Hey, I got this deal. And I just show him the deal. And he's like, buy this thing. He's like, you're lucky. This is literally what he said to me. You're lucky we're friends. I would steal this. From you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, well, okay, but I'm scared. Like I've never owned a mobile home park. I only have two investment properties. And he's like, just buy it. I'll help you through it. If you got any problem, he owned mobile home parks. He owned single family. He owned, he owned the same thing. So I'm still sitting there. And I, he's like, what's the matter? I'm like, I don't have $80,000 mm. <laughs> for this down payment, right? But two things that concerned me, she needed to close in 15 days. Like who closes on a mobile home park in 15 days? Like, yeah. So that was one concern. And then the other concern was I didn't have the $80,000. And so he literally looked at me. I was this, Our business was growing so fast and it was very profitable, but it was very capital intense. So we didn't have a lot of cash. Um, so he looks at me and he says to me, listen, go to Stuart Title. If they can get um, through a preliminary title search and as long as the preliminary title search is clean, close. I'll give you the $80,000 in a second position at 9% interest. And if anything goes wrong, I'll take the property from you. I will take out the first position. So it's like, I mean, there was no, there was no risk in this, yeah. right? So there's no barrier and no yeah. risk. And so back to the, you know, thing of adjusting the goals and everything else, this was one of those deals, like oh. don't fight gravity, right? Because this is one of those deals, that, like if I had actually said, oh, you know, no, I'm so goal oriented. I'm no, my goal is two income producing properties a year. Two single family properties a year for 10 years. What would have I missed out on? Oh my goodness. Yeah, or, or even if you suffered from oh analysis by paralysis and said, you know what, uh, I, I need more time, you know, give me two months or, you know, and then it would have gone somewhere else or just would have faded. And um, I'm curious what your mentor though, he sounds like a really good guy um, that didn't take advantage of the situation. How involved was he in helping you and, you know, with equity or was he just, you know, paper, was he just the loan on it? Just the loan. Oh, wow. Yeah, he literally came in in a second position. Yeah. Um, in a, What's amazing. Was he a mentor that you paid for or was it just a friend? No, just a friend. Um, he's probably 85 now, still around. I'm actually trying, if we ever get unquarantined, I'm going to try to go up to Nevada and <laughs> record like a 10-hour podcast because this guy's just like... <laughs> just do a series. This guy's just cold. Great idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's it's really cool to think like in his mindset, he's, he's like, this is going to be a huge learning process for Mike. Right. Cause that's really, if you walked away from that opportunity, that was, that's, that's school right there. Mike, we, um, we like to talk a little bit about the capital hacking strategies here. So you, you are full of them. <laughs> You're full of it, buddy. You're full of it. No. So capital hacking is where we, we kind of demystify the fact that you capitalized and created capital by basically your human ingenuity, really your human capital and your willingness to learn. I, that's like your greatest gift and lack of fear. You may have some fear, but you overcome it. So let's go through your businesses, okay? So let's make a shift. Let's get the content of – there's so many listeners listening now saying, okay, but Mike seems awesome. What does he do today? And did those early beginnings with mobile home parks, is that where Four Peaks Capital Group came from and Park Place Management? Was it from that capital group? I mean that genesis? So, so two things. I sold that first business in 2014. Um, the plumbing and heating company. 
actually to my partner, he bought me out and we had bought a lot of real estate together. And so we did a, by the way, this is gold. If anybody's never I'm heard writing of it. some gold here, I'm writing some, gold. um, we are through the course of that. So we had bought real estate together in LLCs and we had the plumbing and heating company and a construction company and a cabinet, all this stuff that we built. And so we did a 355 stock exchange. This is the gold that I was saying. So if you guys, if you never heard of that, never heard if, of it, if you have a, um, I'm not sure if it's even still around. Um, but if you ever have a situation where you've got equal stock in two different companies with the same partnerships, that you can transfer that stock one time with no tax consequence. So like for instance, he took the plumbing and heating company, I took the real estate, and I got a, uh, an employment contract. So um, more complicated than that. But so anyway, in, 20, uh, in 2014, I sold that. And then I was kind of like, well, what's next? That was the best and worst day of my life because I'm 34 <laughs> years old. I retired. And then all of a sudden, I've realized that my entire value, everything that I had created was tied up in that business. I was that business. That business was me. And so then I went on this journey of, okay, what's next? And so I found the real estate guys, which I think is... Oh, that's our connection. Well, let's see, we have two great mentorship connections. So yeah, Real Estate Guys Radio. By the way, Woo. we give more endorsements to the Real Estate Guys Radio group, their events, and we get paid nothing, but that's okay because <laughs> we love Robert Helms and Russ Gray. So yes, tell us, because I look at pictures of you speaking and giving testimonials. I'm looking at it, your website. Sorry, that was another epiphany for you. You're sold yeah. your, your operating business and now what? So let, let me interrupt, uninterrupt you again. I had no idea what syndicate. Well, that's not completely true. I my first customer when I started Plumline in 2004. By the way, great brand name, Plumline. Are you kidding me? Your business was called Plumline. Yeah, you got. I didn't know for those of you not in construction, the plumbing is his business, right? But Plumline, okay, is when you drop a string with a weight at the end to see whether a wall is plumb. I love you, man. Great brand. <laughs> Brilliant. You guys got to ask me later about how we got that name. Um, not not in not in the interview. Um, <laughs> That'll yeah, be a special. That is definitely not allowed to talk about that. Everybody's <laughs> listening. Just close your ears. <laughs> you can find us later, and I'll tell you the story. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I had had a client who had syndicated a whole bunch of commercial real estate over the years in Las Vegas, and he bought a ranch up in Elko. And so we, I was, I was literally replumbing his ranch house. My first customer when we started plumbing. So he had always talked about um, syndicating. And I was like, what the heck is syndicating? Never really paid much attention. So when I sold my business, I had met with him. And he's like, you really need... With all the real estate you've done and your love for real estate, you really need to look at syndicating. I'm like, okay, sounds great. Well, then all of a sudden, I had been talking to a buddy of mine who actually works with us now. He runs our, um, our property management and construction company. His name's Tyler Gunter. I had talked to him. We had worked together back in the day in Nevada. And so I was talking to him about syndication. He sent me a link to the secrets of successful syndication <laughs> with real estate guys. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I looked at this link and I told my wife, I'm like, hey, there's this course coming up in Phoenix, Arizona. It's next week. I'm like, I'm going to go to it. And she's like, not without me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, come. So we, we fly to Phoenix. We go through the two-day syndication course, which if you have any desire to raise capital at all, um, what an amazing course. We agree. I, didn't know, I didn't know anything about syndicating. So I go to that and I'm like, oh man, this is next level for me. This is... This is what I need to do. Rather than you know the way that I'd done it, um, which I had done well and built a great portfolio, but I'm like, man, we could 10x this thing and with our knowledge and experience, build a true investment business and, and provide more jobs and, and take other people that want to invest in real estate and want the benefits of investing in real estate. You can take their capital and pool it. I was so hooked. Um, they said, hey, if, if, if you want, no pressure, but as soon as the show's over, not show, the conference, um, We'll, we'll talk about our, our mastermind. So I stay and you know they've got a high level inner circle. 
I joined it immediately. Did you really? Look at you, man of action. I, I just, my, my superpower is I know what I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> these guys are smarter than me. Um, so yeah, oh, so my, I looked at my wife and she was like, you got to do this. And there, here was, this is those things about adjusting goals again, right? So after I had sold my first company, I, I bought a division back from that company. It was a high-end um, cabinet and remodeling division that we had built out. But he was overloaded and couldn't run all the divisions. And so I bought that back, which I had wished I had never done because <laughs> it's like, it was a waste of time. And then yeah, literally a year case. after I had bought this back, I find the real estate guys. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, this is a big commitment. Getting into syndicating is a big, it's a big commitment. This is no longer passive investing, right? You're now running a real estate investment business and you need to treat it that way. And I realized that, you know, looking back to the first business and how I had built that out, we got to over hundred employees in a quick period of time. I've, I saw that. So on the capital hacking side, you can do it passively, but if you get too far in and it's not your career, then I just encourage you to just really, you know, pay attention and uh, just pay attention because it's or, a lot or, of or or join a a team or join mm-hmm. join as a limited partner of mm-hmm. teams that you trust and want to work with and that's why you have your show because you have a great company and our show leads people to my wife's company accountable equity so yeah that there's two ways to do syndication right you can make it passive if you want to be passive sure sure um I, I, just, I think I was thinking from the, op- you're, you're 100%. You're right. absolutely right. The operators, you and I are, are similar on this. And Eric and I just did another interview of a person similar. So we're simpatico. If you're going to be a capital syndicator, we highly encourage those that are going to do that to move forward with a business model, yes. not an event or a project model, but a business operation system. And it sounds like you've jumped right. I mean, you went right into it. Did you create Four Peaks Capital Partners that year? Like right away? So I met my- no, I met my partner, Andrew Lenoy. He was in the mastermind. Oh, um, that's how you, geez, what a great mastermind. Yeah. So Andrew was in there. He had already started Park Place Communities with another partner. And because of a series of events, which was not a bad falling out, that um, his partner just had some life events that they had to go a different direction. So his partner was kind of the operations side of the business. And Andrew was kind of the marketing and sales and the capital raising side. And so when Andrew and I met, um, we clicked and, you know, we didn't do anything for probably six months, but then we really started talking and spending some time together. And I worked with Park Place for probably a year, really, before I became a partner. Um, just, you know, I was at a place, like I said, where I was retired. And so I just helped out. I got involved, started looking under the hood. Um, I literally didn't get paid or become a partner for probably a year. Just kind of, you know, Andrew and I wow. dating, as you call it. Um, uh, I started just helping Andrew on the operation side. And during that time is when... You know, from a, for marketing purposes, um, we had a consultant that we were working with and we still do. And they told us, hey, you know, you should probably consider... Because we have Park Place Communities, which is a management property management company, but then we have Park Place Construction as well. And our construction crews travel the country remodeling the mobile homes in the mobile home parks that we buy. That's part of our turnaround strategy. Fantastic business model. Um, but then this consultant that we were working with was kind of like, you know, it comes to a point where investors don't want to do business. This is exactly how he said it. They don't want to do business with a landlord. Like you really need to probably get your private equity company structured. This is kind of back to that, you know, put on your big boy business pants. And, and so we structured Four Peaks Capital Partners, I don't know, probably in 20, 2018 probably is when Four Peaks came around. But Park Place Community started in 2015. There's a lot there, Eric. Um, it's funny how two shows that we do recently really lay, lay this out. And I'm really glad that, first of all, there's a lot of things you've just brought up that we're going to probably have you back on a different show because we, Eric and I are brainstorming a mini series on masterminds and the value of them, 
the pros and cons of them. And you're, you have multiple, I know of three that you've joined that have been powerful for your life. So I'd love to have you back on that show. So whoever's listening now, there's going to be another time when we have Mike here and he's going to help us dissect being a consumer of high end masterminds and what it's done for him. But there's something else that Mike just taught us that is another thing we want to really bring to the audience. See, capital hacking isn't just about raising capital, Mike. It's also about finding ways to maximize the power that you already have. That's what Eric and I talk about. The human capital is technically always more important than the financial capital. It, it just is. I mean, I remember one time a group of Harvard investor guys were, were calling me to invest with us. And they, they talked about their cash capital as if it was the most important part of the deal. And I kept saying, I am so grateful you want to invest. Your capital is very important and it will be treated very well, but it is dumb. <laughs> and I remember it has no talent. It, it, it is important, but you're calling us because we have a unique specialty that creates tremendous wealth. I'm not speaking bad about your cash, but the cash comes after the human capital. Anyway, bottom line, we didn't do the deal because it didn't, they didn't see a balance. And, and you've, sorry. So back to capital hacking, you used a strategy that, Eric, I've been branding this terminology called invest, uh, internship 2.0. I learned it from Gary V. But Mike used internship 2.0. And I've been thinking internship 1.0 is when you need a career and you learn skills to build a career. That's 20-year-old people. Internship 2.0 is when you want to build wealth. And this is when you join people that you trust or, or believe in so that you can benefit them to expand your ability for wealth building. So you are another example, and I can't wait to have a show about Internship 2.0, and we're going to bring you back and dissect how that is a repeatable process. More people could do what you did. And I've only met two or three people in my life that did what you did, which is you had the financial freedom, which is what your podcast is all about, to join a successful group that you wanted to add value to for the reciprocity of building a new wealth engine for yourself. So anyway, compliments to you, man. You are like a role model for this show. Uh, so that's where Four Peaks is today. What about investing for freedom, which is Eric's but whole big passion, right? Yeah, real quick, on internship 1.0 versus 2.0, I love that. Um, that is amazing. And I've, I've thought about this for years. In fact, that mentor that I was talking about earlier um, kind of spawned this in my thinking at one point in time. But internship 2.0 is the same as making money. And I find it interesting that we call it making money. Internship 1.0 is like, Go to go to work. You know, you're working by the hour, or even you know, to some degree, self-employed business owner. You're making money, but internship 2.0 gets over into the create money Ooh, aspect. I like it. So, just for instance, in a simple, just a construction terminology, which I think most of us can probably I love understand. it. Go for it. You know, we go buy a piece of land for fifty thousand, and then put in. You know, we we bring in a, a contractor and he hires labor that costs 50,000. So now we're at 100 and then we bring in $50,000 of material and so we're at 150 and then we sell that house for 225. We literally just created $75,000 created. That's I love that analogy. That's a very easy way to understand it, isn't it, Eric? There's all these thoughts and 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 things that are swimming around in my mind that I just want to highlight before we uh before we jettison, um, before we lose Mike, no, I mean we've been we'll burning so Mike. much incredible burn. No, but he, he's so I, great. I want to I want to wind back about five minutes when we were talking about human capital and how Mike reminds me of those 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 folks, and I know several people that have said this. Um, you can literally drop me off anywhere. Just give me a license, 
and a credit card and I'll start it all again. <laughs> Mike's that sort of- Yes, Mike can do he that. He can figure out, give him a seed and he'll plant it and he'll grow it and figure out how to nurture and, and explode the thing because that is the difference between people who put too much value into capital and having cash in the bank as opposed to having the human capital and the resources and the mindset to to build and grow. I liken what we do, and I'll, I'll lump the three of us and also our listeners, um, but the 2.0 is also having the ability and the superpower to sell ideas, right? I'm not selling a product. I'm not selling you, here, take this from me. I'm going to talk about something, and you're going to jump on board, and we're all going to do this together, and then there I'm creating value out of just a concept, right? Because I think McCallan, when I first met him, and even with you, Mike, it's like, I am sold on you. I don't care what it, whatever deals you have, whatever I know, it is, I, want to, do a deal I want to work with you because I like you and your ideas and the way you think, not necessarily Amen. the deal. The deal could be anything, a mobile home park, right? Land, land, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's where I just want to highlight to people that really, really focus on, on, on being that creative. And it's, if it doesn't come naturally, surround yourself with people that are because it will spill and it will influence you. Ooh, that's such a great point, Eric. That's why we're, we love being part of your mastermind group at PodMax and uh, all the different thought leaders you bring into spaces. I just love being around with MC and oh, Mike so Matt and you. Yeah, you're, you're, Mike Ayea is going to join yeah, it, I'm sure. It's, it's good. <laughs> well, he's, he's built it. It's funny because here's, here's how I, I know I've evolved, and I'm just going to bring myself onto Mike's uh, show here. I'd say three, four, five years ago, um, you know, my, if, if the situation when we met Mike, cause we were talking about helping to build the podcast just, uh, behind the, like you like to say inside baseball, Mike was, was interested in us potentially helping him. And then when you launched it, I was so freaking happy for you. It didn't matter who you use and who you went with and who was helping you build it. It's so amazing to watch it, you know, get built and look at it from afar and go, holy crap, that's amazing. Now can we, yeah. now can we work together? Yeah, let's, let's do some stuff because we're all doing sort of similar things. So can you share with the audience? because you're super passionate about this new brand that you've launched. Can you tell people what was the inspiration? What was the, the, the middle, what was the beginning, middle, and now what's your future end goal with, with growing investing for freedom? The podcast. The podcast. Yeah. Well, so, so two things that are really interesting and it took me a while fighting, literally fighting with our marketing guys because, um, you know, if I get a hundred people that listen to investing for freedom or join our Facebook community or any of that, um, you know, my ideal client, if we want to talk about our avatar, is an accredited investor. Just like you know, I mean, it's the capital hacking space, right? So yeah. we don't we don't take investors that aren't accredited. And the majority, like I said, you know, if if a hundred people find and listen to my show and I and I get on a phone call with them or anything else, ninety five of them are not my ideal client in in terms of they're an accredited investor. But I'm so passionate about helping people find their freedom through passive income, through mindset mentoring. It starts with changing the mindset. And I get so many people asking me, you know, if I have $5,000 to invest, where should I invest it? It's the same thing we've been talking about. Put it into a mastermind, put it into a course. Don't take $5,000 and go try to find a, you know, a duplex or something. I literally had a girl last week ask me, hey, we've got this eight unit that my husband's looking at, should I buy it? And I have no idea if you should buy that. Like how much money do you have, right? Like, you need to go hire a coach, like take $5,000 and go hire a coach. Well, you're one of the few that's ever, you've done it at a very high level. That's why we got to do a show with you talking about it. Because the, when I would have, for, I'm totally interrupting you. I would never have known how powerful those things were. And you can really speak to those people. But but go back to your 
interruption. I interrupted you. So investing for freedom, the reason why I'm so passionate about it, I'm not looking to monetize the podcast. I'm really not. Um, I started the podcast because I find myself constantly getting hit up through DMs. Hey, can I get on a phone call with you? Hey, can I pick your brain for five minutes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, But you only have so much time that you can do that, right? And so I wanted to launch the Investing for Freedom podcast so that I can just share whatever I want to share with the masses. And if they want to listen, great. And then even the Investing for Freedom Facebook community, it's a free Facebook community. I like that. I've got some amazing people in there um, that... I, I've got some te- some groups that run masterminds and that kind of stuff like Rock. You guys know Rock from M1. Oh, yeah. I'm teaming up with some other people that do sell coaching programs. And they're going to be in there just to help. And then if you want to raise your hand and you want to join a mastermind group, go ahead, sign up with yeah. them. That's fine. But the Investing for Freedom podcast... Com- I mean, obviously the podcast is free. But the Facebook community is free. We're going to go live in there. I'm, I'm literally, as I'm recording podcasts, I'm asking that guest on my podcast, hey, will you spend five more minutes and just come in? Oh, so smart. My Facebook community and just teach them for wow. five minutes. Like, just I love minutes. that. Like, drop. So that's where I'm so passionate about investing for freedom for that reason. Because I just want to share... You know, I go back to, number one, my boss at the plumbing and heating company. He constantly taught me, we owe it to the next generation. This is the apprenticeship, you know, the um, internship we owe it to the next generation to just share everything we have with them. And he literally started an apprenticeship program that had apprentices from all of our competitors. They were no all way. coming. Yeah. They would all come to class and all the companies in town could send their apprentices there to get trained. That's a that's that's pretty amazing, actually. That was his abundance mindset, that's right? Abundance. So he taught me that. We have to give back. And then the guy that I keep talking about, his name's Barry Liparelli, my mentor abundance. Like, you know, he said to me, you're lucky you're my friend or I'd steal this from you. But he, he never asked for a penny. Anytime I ever needed anything, he would sit with me for two hours. And I literally remember him, I can't tell you a thousand times looking up saying, do you want to hear this? I'm like, heck yeah, I want to hear this. Like, so that's my investing for freedom passion. I just want to give back. I just want to help. I, it's the mindset. You've got to change that mindset first. You guys are nailing. It's not about the capital. It's never, ever, ever about the money. The money is not the problem. The mindset is the problem. Having the right team in place is the problem. Finding the right deals is the problem. Um, you know, getting the deals turned around is the problem. Capital's never the problem. Hey, man, it's a blessing to know you, buddy. And I, I, I'm serious about some follow-up sequences, if you don't mind. And as we get into these mini-series, we need pros like you to help highlight these. Just like capital hacking. So just like what you're doing, capital hacking also doesn't have a big grand plan to monetize it. It just wants to share what we've been learning from our mentors. But Mike, yeah, how can people reach you? How can people work with you? Um, on the, you know, if you want to look at the mobile home park side, park place communities and Four Peaks, um, just you can find us at the website, www.fourpeakspartners.com. Um, and then the Investing for Freedom podcast, you can find it on, you know, any of the major podcast sites. And um, we, again, we have the Facebook community. It's free. Um, it's just Investing for Freedom on Facebook. So. Awesome. And congrats on your, was it top, in the top 100 or the top... Uh, Business top, top 100 business, top 50 in investing. Yeah. Woo! Beautiful, man. Yeah, congrats. Oh, that's freaking Nikes. awesome. Nikes. Yeah. Oh, man, well, let's ride your wave. Thank you so much, <laughs> Mike. It's been great to have you on the, the show. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.